but it's how much can we learn about ourselves, about other people, about our reason why, about our projections, our insecurities. You know, it's like, it's, it's so much like our romantic relationships that we choose to enter into are literally just this mirror, mm-hmm. whether we want it to be or not mm-hmm. right there back to us. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. And it's just so exciting. I, I love it. I, I literally never tire. I talk about this all day. Yeah. <laughs> I, never, I never tire of it at all. I love it. I am so excited for you guys to listen to this episode because I was so happy to have Kate on my podcast. I reached out to her as soon as I read her book, You Only Fall in Love Three Times. Um, I like I definitely wanted to have a conversation with this person who had these amazing brain thoughts and um, just perspective. Like you do not hear enough the amazing things that love and that relationships give to you and that you can take away from them and that you can learn because I think often it seems like in our society that relationships are either good bad their work or they're they're just something we need um that's just kind of like the 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 perspective of relationships I feel like but a lot of people really don't become aware to what relationships give you and what the relationship you're in right now is giving you, what the past ones have given you, all of that. So this episode is really going to lay out what you can learn not only from relationships but what you can learn about yourself through other people. And I think that's really important because like I said, a lot of people don't take the time to tap into or even realize that they can tap into those sides of themselves and learn things about themselves through other people. So if you are someone who loves to be introspective and learn about yourself and grow and learn through things, you will love this episode. You will love the book. If you are someone who is confused as to why you keep getting into the same type of relationships or you are unhappy in all of the relationships that you get into, You will love this book and you will love this podcast. And if you are someone who feels like you are never getting what you want from relationships, if they're one-sided, if you feel like you are um, never matching up with people who are nurturing you in the ways you want to be nurtured or loved in the ways you want to be loved, you will also love this book and this podcast. I had something in my throat. Okay, so Kate will go into who she is, what she does during the podcast, so listen up for that, but just a little bit about her before we get started. She does coaching sessions. She has mentoring and motivational sessions, love and life spiritual counseling sessions, and she also works with astrology, so she does astrology readings. You can head to her website at wordsofkaterose.com. And she has all of her blog posts on there. She also does retreats, which will be happening um, later on in the year or when things open back up. So stay tuned for those. She is really insightful. And honestly, I love the way her brain works. I can't remember if I already said that. I think I did. But I love what she's sharing with the world. And I think you guys are going to really, really find it useful because these are perspectives that you don't hear that often. So again, if you love this, her book is You Only Fall in Love Three Times. You can find it on Amazon. You can find it on Google. You can find it on her website. Check it out wherever. Um, That's all I've got to say. Let's get into it. Let's hear what Kate has to say. And I hope you love this conversation. Have a fabulous day, a fabulous week, a fabulous life. Love, love, love. Literally, 
love, love, love. Let's go. We're about to get very real, a little silly, and you're gonna freaking love it. I'm Saren, body image and self-relationship coach, lifestyle, aka everything cute and inspirational, entrepreneur, Pilates and yoga instructor, and spirituality-loving person. Let's get real. We all think the same things. We all have those crazy thoughts. The Soul Speak podcast is here so that we can allow ourselves to have those weird, awkward, unheard of conversations that no one ever talks about and prove that they are normal. Topics on judgment, comparison, inner criticism, sex, lifestyle, and spirituality all will be found right here on this podcast. Each episode, guests and I will not only bring you new ways of thinking, but also bring light into your life all together. Now let's speak soul. I talk about this all day. Yeah. <laughs> I, never, I never tire of it at all. I love it. Okay. Okay. So let's just get into it. So hello, okay. Kate. <laughs> oh, Hi. <laughs> why don't you just tell people who you are real quick, what you do, and then we can get into a conversation. Great. So I am Kate Rose and I'm an author specializing in love and relationships and our personal growth. Um, I also tie in a lot of planetary astrology and spirituality to it. Um, I am someone that believes that having that great, amazing love is completely all capable and likely. It's just a matter of if we're going to choose it or not. Mm, I love it. Okay. So I am curious how you got into this and when that started happening for you. I got into this because I was a complete and utter mess. I'm completely honest. So, you know, when people ask that, it was because I had had like a marriage that was completely ending. I mean, not just ending, but like going down in flames spectacularly. And I had this relationship with somebody else that I couldn't quite figure out. And then I had this high school sweetheart that was coming back. And it was like, what is going on in my life? And I could not have predicted any of it. And none of it made sense. And I didn't know what to do. I didn't know why all of these things were happening at once. Mm-hmm. Um, and really struggling for a direction and, and kind of looking like, okay, well, all this is happening, but where is the purpose in all of it? So mm-hmm. as time continued to go on and, you know, relationships became clear and, and progress was made in other areas, um, it was actually kind of looking at myself and the person that I had been involved with at the time and realizing, wow, like we kind of had been through these similar three loves. Hmm you know, each with, you know, different people, obviously, but we had been through these three loves, kind of learning the same things throughout them. And then I started thinking about best friends and then, you know, other people I've talked with. And I was like, wow, like it feels like it was kind of a thing. And that's kind of, I mean, I was literally on the couch after making dinner for my daughters one night. And that's where the original idea was born from. Mm, I love that. Okay. So I wrote something down real quick because I don't want to forget to ask you, um, but I'll just ask you now. So it's interesting because, so the book is called You Only Fall in Love Three Times. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's like you made that up in a way, but you didn't. So how did that feel for you? Did you have like (laughs) like a crisis of a fraud type feeling when you were I mean, how does that feel for you? Because when I see the book, I'm like, oh, okay, that's a thing. You know, it's like scientifically proven and maybe it is, I don't know all the background, but how does that feel for you? And how was that when you created that originally? 
Um, well, it was, it was interesting in looking at the idea of, you know, we only fall in love three times in that moment. I wasn't the article kind of, and I wrote, you know, it's been said, and I'll start a lot of things off kind of in that way. I don't know if we've categorized how many times we do fall in love. Um, and especially not relating it to the idea of soulmate karmic and twin flame and why we have those loves. Um, I wrote what I did originally and then that's been stolen a million times all over the year. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's like you're, you're almost, (laughs) you're creating something new. It's not like you're, you are basing it off of obviously evidence, but you're not basing it off of an idea. You're taking ideas kind of like the names, like karmic love and all, but you created that and you created that. And then someone like me picks up the book and I'm like, oh, okay, this is a thing. Like there's three different types of love. And so it's really interesting. It's almost like you're. Well, I think I think it's. I mean, I think it's great. Personally, you know, the only thing that I don't think is great, which I originally had a hard time with, is when people were just flat out like stealing the article and publishing them on YouTube and everywhere. I mean, I think it's if you just even like Google the article title, it comes up and like a million websites say that they wrote it. (laughs) Oh, okay. So that was my only thing where I was kind of like, "Eh," like I don't, you know, I think it's great because ideas change. So I think if someone was to use that idea of, okay, we only fall in love three times as kind of like that basis for research of our own lives, that's wonderful. I mean, we we all do that. It should change and grow because for me, how I think of it and when I get ideas for anything is that spirit gave me that idea. I was downloaded that message for a reason. I was on that frequency. It's not mine. I don't own it. You know, I I wrote the book. I have the idea and it should be with integrity spread and and researched by anybody who's interested in it. Yeah. And that's what I think is really cool um, is that it just, yeah, it just kind of was created from you. And um, my question was, did you ever kind of feel fraud with that though? Feeling like, oh, who am I to make this, you know, basically put this in fruition? Or did no, you feel that, guided during? And I, de- during I definitely felt guided by it. And, mm. you know, it was, it was really no different for that than, you know, any of the other pieces, you know, that I normally write. You know, what, yesterday I, I wrote something, you know, about Mother's Day and my daughter was watching a cartoon on the couch next to me. You know, it's, I don't, none, nothing that I, I write, it just, it feels like it is guided. You know, I don't, I don't put a lot of thought sometimes into what I actually write or produce. I kind of, it's a meditation almost. And mm-hmm. I check out many times, even with my astrology pieces, when I finish, I'm not actually consciously aware of what I just wrote. Yeah. So I kind of just went guided and I feel like it was a message that really needed to come across. I love it. No, I get that because I love writing too. So I get that because you just write Mm -hmm. or even dancing. Like when I love recording. Yes. Because I love recording myself because then I like to watch it after. It's nothing with (laughs) self. It's just like I want to watch this beautiful expression. So I understand that. Um, But so originally was it an article and then it transformed it into a book? Yep. Um, it started off as even just, um, like it was an Instagram post. That's Mm. how it originally started. Um, and then it kind of went viral on its own. And then at that point, elephant journal who I had been writing for at the time asked me to do, um, a more in-depth article with the same title. Mm -hmm. And so then after, then I did the elephant journal article and then it was a couple years after that. Um, it kind of all came together where someone, you know, a writer themselves said, 
hey, you should start writing books. And mm. so I, I wrote a book and then he was like, well, here's this great agent. And then the agent was like, okay, let's work on this proposal. And mm. um, then it was actually uh, Sarah Carter over at uh, Tartar Publishing. And she'd been following my work since I started writing for Elephant Journal. Mm-hmm. Um, so when it came across her desk, it felt like a natural, a natural connection. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that you mm-hmm. can see my smile too, because I'm so happy. <laughs> it, just, it honestly Thank makes you. me so happy because, okay. So I, one day, like I listen to podcasts and all of that, and I love mm-hmm. listening to self-development books, but sometimes I want something different. Um, And so I was just scanning one day and then this book came up and I was like, okay, all these things with relationships have been coming into my life recently with us learning about relationships. And like the other day, or not the other day, like the last month, I um, was looking through my email and I got this random email from, I don't even know who it is, but some reason I'm subscribed to this like email list about relationships and talking about (laughs) all of these. So I'm like, okay, weird, but I'm intrigued by it. Like I'm really interested in this stuff um, right now, but I'm also not like looking for a relationship. I'm very content where I'm at. I actually just downloaded Tinder the other day just because. Oh, you did? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, sometimes, you know, it's, we get on, we, then we delete it and, or we catch a few fish and then we delete it or whatever. (laughs) But um, someone asked I always me, I always recommend Hinge for clients if you're interested. No, Hinge, no, no. I never download Hinge. Tinder. Has, yeah, I do Hinge, Hinge has a better usually. kind of outlet. Yeah, yes, usually okay. I do do Hinge. Um, <laughs> I just downloaded Tinder though because I was like, oh, I haven't done this one in a while. Let me check it out. <laughs> see who's on there. And um, one of the guys asked, oh, can I like ask you what you're looking for? And you know, I don't mind when they're asking that because yeah, what else? It's, mm-hmm. it's good. Just be honest. Um, and I said to him, yeah, I mean, I just am not really looking for anything. I'm just kind of getting on here and I'm just really content where I am. But if anything is intriguing that happens, then I'm open to that. But that's, that's really where I am. But I'm like really loving all of these relationship things that are presenting themselves. So anyway, So what's kind of brought you to that phase of your relationship history to be in this place where you're not really looking, but you're open? Like, you know, yes, we all fall in love three times, but where are you on this journey too? I mean, we can definitely get into it. What I'd love to do is we can talk about (laughs) the three different loves and then I can Mm -hmm. kind of share with you because I felt aligned with the two of them. And, but I almost at times felt like they were in different orders for me where like, which can totally happen. And they, yeah. And they all related to each, like some, they kind of intertwine too in ways. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think that I can give you like the two that I feel like related to the other two. And you can clearly see like, like they're clear. Okay. This, and then this, like this was a type and this was a type, but um Anyway, like with that, what what I was saying with the Tinder is I just, um, oh, I finished that. So anyway, with this, with your book, why I'm smiling so big is because when I read it, it just, I love that you do just talk about like the self. You're not, it's not a book about this is how you find a man. This is how you get over. Exactly. Nope. (laughs) Like, yeah, there's enough of that. But this is about really 
what you truly take and how you grow with each other and separately and how you're still growing together when you're separate and what you learn. And so like when you say these books, like these ideas are channeled through you. That's like the first thought I had when I was reading this book. I'm like, wow, she is channeling the heck out of this book. Like it is literally perfectly said every word. Mm-hmm. I want to buy a copy version of it because I have it on Audible and that's different. You know, you can't. Oh, well, I would love to send you a copy. So after this is over, send me an address and I'll definitely send you one. You, I love that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to. Yeah. Cause I'm a big, like, I like listening to books and taking notes, but some books you just need to like highlight and revisit. Yeah. And like fold over the pages and have like the coffee mug stains. (laughs) I love it. Exactly. So, um, yeah, but that's exactly like what I got from this book was that it just like everything you said, it was just perfectly put out there. Like people needed to hear this and people that need to hear it will hear it and see you know, and see these words and get these words. And um, it's just an idea that like people know about, but a lot of people don't. Like a lot of people in relationships are very unaware to what even they're living. Like relationships Mm -hmm. still have this thing where it's like, oh, you know, the end point. Like I want this because this. And that's because we're not doing that inner awareness work where we're seeing how we're complemented by relationships. It's almost like makeup, putting on makeup, you know, it's like accentuating your features, making you enjoy things more. It's not covering you up or doing something to you. Um, Well, and and what I'm finding too is that, you know, for those of us who are looking at that and saying, okay, I want a relationship. This is the end zone, you know, and it's marriage, baby's house. And if we're still thinking in that way, what I'm seeing too is that once a lot of us are on that track, even if we're not, you know, at that end zone with, you know, a ring, a baby and a a mortgage all signed perfectly. But even if once we're on that path, it feels like a lot of us are like, is, is, is this what I want? Like Mm -hmm. they thought they would feel different once they got those things. But now that they are starting to either walk that path or at the end of it, a lot of people are questioning, okay, well, it doesn't feel like I thought that it would, or I don't feel as fulfilled or, is this right? And I I think that kind of raises that bigger question of, is that, you know, really how a a lot of our generations now, you know, anywhere I've talked with people, you know, in their, their fifties now, all the way down to the twenties. And it's like, overall, is that how we're defining relationship? Is that how we're defining togetherness? Is that what we really and truly need from someone is that diamond ring? And you know, the shared house and babies, you know, or is there a different purpose to being together, which I think is what the book really raises into question is it's not just about all of those things or the benefits of being together. It's how do you actually impact each other's lives? How do you help each other grow? Why are both of you indispensable to each other? And rather than just, you know, that building that, that superficial life that we're told Mm -hmm. we should want. Yeah. And so the three, and I'll have you go through the three different. (laughs) Um, I'm sorry. I just had like a light go out behind me. (laughs) (laughs) You were like, boom. (laughs) 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 I'll have you read, I'll have you talk about the three different types um, and kind of talk about the premise of the book, but I, and I have them jotted down, but the third one, like the final one is 
feeling. So feeling. And it's interesting because, so I did this before the last relationship I was in. I just randomly, um, one day just wrote, felt like, you know, I kind of just want to revisit like what I want in a relationship. And I wrote it out and I wrote out the guy, like I knew pretty what pretty well. Like I'm pretty self-aware and know what I want. And, um, at that time wrote out what I wanted. And then it was like a month later, I got in the relationship with this person. And, um, I did that again in January of this year. I, it was like the fourth, I wrote it on the paper, January 4th. And this time when I wrote it, it was, it was longer and I read over it. And I was like, huh, I feel like I kind of did this differently wrong. Like this time I did it wrong or something. Cause I didn't really write what exactly I, like, I didn't make it super detailed of what I wanted in this person, but this time I wrote what I wanted to feel. And then I read mm-hmm. it. I'm like, actually, this is better because, and that's kind of with everything in my life. Like I have all these goals and things I want to do, but oftentimes I base what I want off of feeling like how I want to feel, because then you leave room for other things, things that you don't even know would come in and you're not boxing yourself in. So I love that you have the third one. Like, you know, it feels right because you just know that feeling. And there's even people, some of my friends that are in relationships and I even feel for them. It doesn't feel mm-hmm. like it feels. Oh, absolutely. And I know that feeling because of old relationships I've been mm-hmm. in and it reminds me of that feeling. But like, and I would love to read you after this, um, my, what I actually wrote, but um, I would, well, and even when you're saying that, cause that's something, that's an exercise that I have clients do, or when women join me on retreat. And even instead of calling it wants, it's how do you need someone to show up in your life? So it goes from wants to needs. Yeah. Because when you think about, you know, like I, I want, you know, a glass of wine, but do you need the glass of wine? No. Do you want someone to show up in your life and bring you flowers? Maybe, but do you need them to show up with consistency? Mm. So it differs in that way. And then the one thing too, that's really interesting, you know, just for you and other people moving forward with relationship is it's also a lot easier for us to be in that space and say, okay, how do I need someone to show up in my life? But on the other side of that, which is perfect kind of timing with our Venus retrograde is asking what do I have to give to someone who I show up in their life? Mm-hmm. So it's making sure that we're putting out that reciprocal energy because even before going into the relationship, it's not any relationship is not just about how another is showing up for us or what are they giving us? It's what do we have to give, which sometimes in many ways can be more uncomfortable than what we're asking from another because now we're saying, okay, how much time do we have to give? How much energy do we have to give? Especially if, say, you're meeting somebody, you know, especially in the time of love and corona, if they're unemployed or they got laid off, how much time and energy do you have for a relationship with somebody who's still growing themselves, who is still in progress, who maybe doesn't have that career or their living space? Um, And that's something to really consider and think about. You know, are we all, a lot of us are wanting that full-time monogamous, you know, amazing relationship but we're only putting out an advertisement for a part-time position. Mm. So we have to really think about that consistency on our part. And are we actually able to give what, what it, we say that we're needing to? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So 
two things. One, why I kind of gasped at the beginning of that is because I always have this notebook, like during when I'm interviewing someone to just jot things down. And I remembered that, okay, that dog that I was fostering, he randomly pulled out that thing that I wrote, the love thing, like my definition of a guy from out of my bed and brought it to me. And I put it in this notebook because I had it at the time. And then I just remembered, oh my God, it's right here. Oh my God. <laughs> Sitting right next to me while we're talking. How bizarre is that? But so I want to read you a part of it. What I was going to say is um, like, this just kind of came out of me. Like we talked about when you're writing, things just come mm-hmm. out. And this part, like, it just sounds like a, like a love movie, the way I wrote it. But it says, um, um, you let her... We have fun and you feel like home to me. Wherever you are, I am home. Where we are, I want to be. I want to see the world with you. I want to explore with you because life is fun with you. And that's only one little piece of it, but Mm -hmm. it was just so cool that I wrote that because it sounds so like, but that was really what I felt and what I want. Well, it's, and even looking at that, so it's that, it doesn't even sound so much like a want, like for you you need to have someone be safe and stable, but be able to still feel like you have that flexibility and freedom to explore life together. Mm, Yeah. And that's kind of even taking that, you know, beautiful lyrical language of I want to know this is actually a core need of mine. Like I, I need to feel roots and wings. And that's really kind of what that energy is, is that that's expressing. And that's what I think so much, so many of us as we're going through this, awareness of relationship is realizing that what we actually need in a relationship such as this is different than what we're told a marriage should look like or a committed relationship. Yes, I love that. And I think that's so two things on that too. It's knowing what you need and knowing that it's okay to need, like giving yourself permission. So there's sometimes where, I mean, this is still something I'm learning, I'm going through, Mm -hmm. but um, you know, you feel needy or you feel this, but knowing that giving yourself permission, like, Hey, this is actually a core thing I need in a relationship and that's okay. And I'm not going to, um, you know, put myself down for that or like take it away from myself. I'm just going to realize that I'm going to find that person that will give that to me and that will feed me with that, if that makes sense. And giving yourself, so it almost makes me think of my period. Like I just, I've been using Mm -hmm. um, the MyFlow app. I've been really into syncing period with Mm -hmm. hormones and all of that. Um, And uh, I have learned that it kind of gives you permission at when you know, okay, I'm in this cycle right here. Oh, that's why I want to eat so much. Oh, okay. It's okay. (laughs) You're getting to know yourself more and you're giving yourself permission for what you actually, rather than being like, why do I feel this way? Why am I being this way? Why am I Mm -hmm. the same in relationships? Um, So I love that with the need versus want. And why don't we just dive into, why don't we just dive into the three different types right now? And then we can go from there. So with the three different types, and you know, even you kind of mentioned that for you, it felt like maybe the soulmate came before the karmic or the karmic came before the soulmate. And that can be that can be interchangeable. And also that can also be a pattern that we get stuck in. Mm-hmm. Um, where we, you know, have we might only fall in love three times, but we have these soulmate karmic partners 
that will come in, in and out of our lives because we haven't learned those lessons. Yeah. So they're not, so it's not only three people. And that's what I say to people too. when I'm telling them mm-hmm. about the book. it's not like you only fall in love three times. It's like three <laughs> exactly. different types. And it's, yes, you go through the three until you learn and you move forward. Until you learn. And a lot of times, you know, and that's the thing about soulmates too, is the soulmates where we might have five karmic partners, you know, that's a lot of times we're like, oh my God, I keep dating like the same person with a different name. Like it's the same stuff. Usually they're emotionally unavailable, you know, like that's big one, <laughs> a lot of it. And so it's not just that we have this, but the karmic partners are more often to have multiple times. Those are often the patterns that we get stuck in because they are karmic. Mm-hmm. The soulmate, we can have different soulmates, but a lot of times too, it's like that one person that we might even label like our fallback and they might come, you know, repeatedly in our lives or they might come back and we're like, you know, maybe feeling broken from a heartbreak. And so we give our soulmate. Soulmate's the first one. Karmic is the second. Yep. And so our soulmate love is really, a lot of times it can be our first major love. Um, Our soulmate is more predominantly that safe love. Um, They may not ever truly break our hearts. There may not be that um, up and down or roller coaster, abusive, even unhealthy nature as there would be in karmic. Um, but there's not a lot of room to grow. Um, our soulmate could love us forever, but it's not going to mean that it's going to be that type of relationship that's going to keep encouraging us to grow, um, that's going to challenge us. And as we grow, a lot of times it's just that feeling that we've outgrown our soulmate relationship because we no longer need that mirror. Mm-hmm. Um, soulmates tend to more likely look like the person that our families wanted us to marry or to be with. Um, so soulmates can kind of fulfill that external validation piece. Mm-hmm. So might be from, you know, the similar family or, you know, a college or something like that. Our soulmate is usually the one that we go into because we kind of are applauded for our relationship choices. It's, you know, this person that looks good for us, you know, generally, usually our, our parents and families always kind of like the soulmate person. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's not a lot there. It's usually with our soulmate, it's, it can be easy. It can, you know, look like that it's something really great, but it's just not, it's, it lacks that emotional feeling. It lacks that connection, that intensity as we grow. Um, karmic is something else entirely. A lot of times in our karmic, we actually will mistake that for, you know, that really divine connection of a twin flame or a third love. Mm-hmm. Um, usually our karmic does have, um, you know, an intense physical response with them, whether we jump into bed quickly or whatever it may be. There usually are unhealthy aspects to it right away with our karmic. Um, in order to kind of move through our karmic love, we're going to have to move through our own wounding that we experience. Mm. So that would look like um, a lot of us, mostly all of us, we have abandonment issues or we have anxious attachment or avoidancy. Um, also kind of looking at, you know, keep asking people to love us that don't have the capability to do so, you know, because it's easier to live in lack. So all of these aspects we're going to have to move through. The karmic is really defined as like that roller coaster where we break up and then we're together and then we break up and then we're together and we keep going back and forth. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's completely normal to like have our heart broken by our karmic love and then bounce back to our soulmate because, well, our soulmate is always there. They're safe. Mm-hmm. Um, but it takes a lot to kind of go through and learn because while you even said that, you know, you ha- like there's these defined loves, there are the overlaps. So like say for instance with the soulmate, and a lot of times this is true for relationships, if we stay too long, if we are in a relationship that we know in our gut, even if we don't want to consciously admit it, if we know it's not going to last forever, mm-hmm. a lot of times as humans, we wait for it to get really bad. So we have a reason to leave. Mm-hmm. So we can actually stay in that soulmate relationship long enough until it gets really bad. So it might exhibit some of that unhealthiness of the karmic simply because we didn't, nobody wants to leave a partner or relationship or marriage just because they don't feel like they want to be in it anymore. Like somehow that isn't reason enough mm-hmm. when if anybody that's listening, it's reason enough, please. It's the feeling, it's the knowing and it's the trusting oh, that something else will come and that it's not the end of the world and you're not losing, you're gaining. It is. And not even looking at, and that's something that I feel like, you know, I tried to express in the book too, is we are not leaving another relationship for another relationship. We might be leaving a relationship because we're choosing ourselves. We might be leaving a relationship because even if something doesn't end up happening, even if, you know, we have the possibility of another person and it it doesn't work out, we're leaving a relationship because that no longer works for us because nothing in love is guaranteed. And, you know, that's kind of, a lot of times the calls that I get from people mostly, usually everybody has no problem with their soulmate. Yeah, it may come back a few times. It might be hard to finally, you know, get up that courage to cut ties. Um, but the most difficult conversations that I have with people from all over the world, men and women, is they want to know how do they tell if it's a karmic or a twin flame, mm. that third love. Because there is there's a lot in the beginning that can mirror it. Like there, the twin flame, you know, third love, that can be a really intense connection that can have a lot of extreme, you know, sexual chemistry. Um, and it doesn't always come in perfectly. You know, it doesn't, the third love doesn't always start when it's convenient or when the timing is good or when we've done all of our healing. A lot of times it starts and kind of encourages and, and catalysts us. So the thing that I always tell people And the biggest deciding factor is if someone is a true karmic partner, they won't be willing to grow with you. Mm -hmm. There will be a point at which Mm -hmm. no matter how many times you keep going back, no matter how many times you keep forgiving, Mm -hmm. they might have beautiful words, but they lack the action behind them. They can't grow with you. Mm -hmm. If it's a twin flame third love, you guys might hurt each other a lot. You both might make mistakes, but you're going to continue to grow together. That's not to say it's going to happen instantaneously within a few months, but the biggest kind of way to tell either relationship is if the growth actually does end up happening. Because if it is that third love, Mm -hmm. there's nothing in the world that any of us can do to mess it up. Nothing at all. And if it's that karmic love, there's nothing that we can actually do to make it work forever. Mm-hmm. So we have to just kind of keep, that's why it goes back to the self, kind of keep choosing ourselves, listening to our own intuition. Mm-hmm. And it's really obvious when we're meant to see whether someone is growing with us or not at all, or in the other direction. 
And that's that biggest deciding factor. Mm, I love that. And it's really about trusting your intuition and trusting your Mm -hmm. feelings and knowing that relationships are our greatest teachers. Like they teach us so much and they launch us. Like when you Mm -hmm. bring up someone, those have been the best times of my life because then I'm so just motivated. And I mean, it's different after everyone, but they teach you and they launch you and they move you. They're momentum. So you're never like not moving. If you're in a relationship or you're not one, not in one, um, you're always moving. So um, yeah. So, okay. So you went through the three. So there's the soul, the karmic and the twin flame. Mm -hmm. Um, And definitely when you're saying it again, like there's so much overlap (laughs) that like for me personally and mine. So I'll give some examples. So the first, I've definitely had like many just, you know, hookups and small things and talk mm-hmm. to people, blah, blah, blah. Those are all just like little sparkles that are everywhere. That exactly. Um, but like the two major big cookies that happened. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so the first one was when I was um, 20 going on 21. Um, so almost about 10 years ago. And I, um, that was kind of a weird stage of my life. I was like, I was in college and I was, um, I was just, it was a weird stage for me, but this guy, I met him, I met him and it was instantly connection, like instant connection Mm -hmm. off the bat. Like the first day we, we sat at a restaurant for like hours and then we randomly took his dog and went to Chicago. <laughs> it was just like yep. yeah, it was an instant connection and then I never thought I would be one of these people. But after that we were just like bonded. For like 2 weeks we saw each other almost every single day and he was like at my house. It was just really really quick. Really quick. I was still living at home with my family, but it was super quick and he lived on his own with a friend and, um, he was a couple of years older than me, but it got like, I just remember all of a sudden after those like couple weeks, he started getting jealous and doing these weird jealousy things. Mm-hmm. And I would just kind of see it as like, yeah, you know, he's a really good guy. I remember I even thought at one point, oh, I really see nothing wrong with him. Like there's literally nothing wrong with it. <laughs> just young me thinking, oh yeah, just nothing wrong with this person. But Um, all of these, all of these, all of a sudden these things just started coming in and then it got worse and worse and worse. And I was finding myself like, and I, I always said, I'm never going to be in a relationship that's like, break up, go back. But he would like, I would break up with him because I'd be like, what is this? I'm not doing this. And then he would like apologize and try and win me back Mm -hmm. literally all within a day. And this happened so many times. And he was so jealous in ways where like, I always give this example if I'm ever talking about it. Um, We were at his house one day and we were cooking and we turned on Pandora on my phone. I was like, here you go. Take my phone. You can turn on Pandora, which that was a whole thing. I also thought I would never be where I couldn't put my phone in front of him. Like I could, God forbid I got a text message. Like I just, oh. So I gave him my phone, uh-huh. gave him Pandora, he put it on and he's like, 
what is this? Because the last station I had on was What the Bed Radio, which is a song by Chris Brown that I really like. <laughs> and he's like, who were you listening to this with? Like, I was, like this whole thing. And it almost started becoming a thing that I've never been a jealous person. I, I'm very trusting of people. And mm-hmm. um, it almost started becoming a thing where I was starting to take it on. Like, oh, I can't, I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this. And I always had this feeling, um, like when I was with him, of just the word that comes to me is prestige. And that sounds shitty, but I felt bigger. I felt bigger than what that was. Like the feeling of him. And I, I didn't, wasn't working with energy as much then. So I didn't understand it. But all I knew was I felt contracted. I felt gross kind of. And when I thought about myself, I felt beautiful and bigger and it just Mm -hmm. didn't match up with what it was with him, the person that he was. He's a good person with a good heart. And, you know, I believe everyone has that good heart in them and he meant well, but anyway, it was just a terrible relationship where it was on off really, really deep, very dramatic, just very dramatic. And then I ended up finally leaving that one after one day we were, we went out and I slept in his bed. He was sleeping on the couch. His phone was next to the bed. And I, I looked at it, which I usually would normally never do, but mm-hmm. I looked at his phone because I was in that relationship and having those beliefs. And I had a message or it had a message from a girl that said, I'm not pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, that's a really clear cut. Okay, this is probably not going to work out. Yes. And I'm like, after all this, he's the one. And then I found myself like, he was like laying on the couch and I just started like hitting him. And then I like took his CDs and I like threw him out the car window. My friends like came picked (laughs) up and and I was like, fuck you. It was just the most like non, it was so dramatic. And so, so anyway, I finally was like, this is so stupid. What am I doing? And I left that things were really good after that. (laughs) And (laughs) I am grateful. Like I've always say, I'm so grateful for that relationship because it was everything compiled into one. It taught me everything I wanted and didn't want after that and what I deserve and all of that. And, um, so I'm really grateful for it, but then after that, my second one that was very apparent, um, he was much better and mature and just like you say, kind of picture perfect, like the picture of what, so that's what you said for the soulmate for the mm-hmm. first He was like the image of what I wanted in a guy, um, like the way he looked, the way he was, the way he just everything. But, and then he also showed first of all two things like you can see how you grow as a person because you attract Mm -hmm. who you are and there's no way at that point I would have ever dated a guy like that first guy again just because I I grew and changed Mm -hmm. then um so it was cool seeing that mirror of this man that like I really respected and I really loved and you know seeing hey that's like where I am and that's who I am and um but I kind of realized, and it was like really, 
it was a lot slower. We went really slow, like sexually, we went slow, but the attraction was like, so just like claw worthy. <laughs> mm-hmm. nope. and, and so far, how you're describing them is maybe they were out of order, but they were absolutely like text box, box perfect. Like huh. as far as the love. What do you, oh, like the definitions of Yeah. That. Yeah, yeah um, even even the love bombing, like in the beginning with the karmic one. But I would say, so something I identified with this karmic one, with the the second one I'm describing, is like it felt very familiar. It felt very at home. Felt very mm-hmm. um, mature. And but anyway, in the end, I ended up ending that but it was a good breakup. It was a great breakup. We cried together. We laughed together. We joked together and it made it really hard because we both still loved each other. And Mm -hmm. the thing with him is I never felt like I was getting that, um, that emotion back. Like he never, we didn't say we loved each other. We never said, I love you. But I had this clear knowing, yeah, I love this person. I love this person. And I can love people very easily. But he never like expressed that until later on. But I still kind of had to force it out of him, like squeeze it. But I realized because we, after that, we still, we never really stopped keeping in touch. We still kind of touched points here and there. And Mm we the last time I saw him, I realized, you know, what the reason I broke, I never understood totally the reason I broke up with him only because all I knew is it didn't feel right. And I knew I just didn't want to keep going in the same direction. Yeah, of course. And ending with that. And I just had to trust that. Um, But then it was very, very clear later on that I realized I would never I feel like I just cannot grow in the way I want to grow with him. Like, I don't think I would allow myself to expand in the ways I want to expand, like Mm. spiritually, which is very important to me, um, the spiritual aspect. And I feel like there's pieces of me that I still have not even started tapping into that I may not even be accepting about myself and I need to, it's not like it's up to the other person to give me permission, but I need to be able to feel like that relationship, we're going to be growing in the same direction, maybe not with the same things, but we're going to be growing together. And I felt like that wasn't, that wasn't going to happen. Um, And then like my brain, you know, Mm -hmm. still would, could make up like, well, he's growing in this way and growing. So anyway, identified with that one that you did. I love that though. The thing you did say about the karmic relationship is that you keep, um, it's one that you keep coming back to, Mm -hmm. that you can keep coming back to, um, and you don't really move on until after you kind of grow with yourself and get, you know, that click, maybe you can explain it a little better, but, um, And I'm still, like I was telling you about my friend before we got on this call who just had a breakup. Yes, yes, yes. um, So yeah, now it's all tying together. (laughs) She had a breakup and it was kind of similar where she felt like it just was not clicking. And, And what I would like to also mention is you said you stay in a relationship longer sometimes than you actually need to. And with this one, I think I ended it 
pretty well on the, um, like right on the, I didn't stay longer than I needed to. Um, with the one that she was in, she may have stayed a little longer than she needed to, but not drastic. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like a hurtful relationship. She was just learning and um, maybe she didn't, but, or maybe she didn't stay longer than she needed to. But regardless, um, it was the similar type thing where it was a good breakup and kind of mutual. But I'm learning from her now that like, I don't even want it. There's times where I would want to reach out to this previous person, but then I don't because I see her breaking up. She's learned from me too, that she doesn't even want to reach out to the person because it's just like, just let it be like, give yourself space. And Mm -hmm. she's seen so many times me doing it and then regretting it. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so she's learned from yeah. me, but I'm also learning from her. So we're just learning from each other. It's really interesting. Um, but I'm just like finally in this place where I really don't want to, I just want to give it space. I don't even want to, even though it's someone who, you know, I would maybe want to check in on. I really don't want to, I don't, I want to give it space. And, um, I don't know. It's and another thing I really took away from all of this though was that there is no, like it could take years to really get over a relationship. There's no timeline. There's no timeline and it's different for everyone. And that's important to remember because um, like as an example with me, sometimes I feel like, why am I attaching myself so much to things? Like, why is it so hard for me to let go of things and to, yeah, detach? Which is actually a really common experience when I talk with women is why is it taking me so long to get over someone or why does it take me so long to process over relationships mm-hmm. because we all know somebody or heard stories you know somebody ends a relationship and a month or so later you know they're they're out dating and seemingly fine and kind of the, one of the seemingly yeah well because you know of course there's avoidance in there and you know are you really over it or are you just pretending you're not you know like it's that, you know, cliched thing, the best way to get over somebody is to get under somebody else, but that actually doesn't work either. So we know what's going on in their brains. We can only see what's going on on the outside. Exactly. But for those of us who are kind of more authentic or honest in the process that it takes us, mm-hmm. it, one is it's a big difference if you are somebody who's looking for growth, because what that means is when you're moving through these relationships, that have ended, it's not just a matter of have they ended, but it is looking back and reflecting on, okay, what was the purpose of that? What, what did I learn? What would I gain by reaching out? Why am I reaching out? Am I having them, am I reaching out now to have it, you know, them fulfill an external validation that I'm not doing for myself? Am I doing it to keep that connection alive? Because I'm scared that I'm not going to find love again. Did I make a mistake? So it's when we're looking at it and we're, you know, those people who are naturally more reflective, if you are more reflective and looking for that growth and answers, it's going to take you by nature longer to get over somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, and really for either one, like the karmic love, we tend to leave either that feeling of we have to, like we can no longer be together because it's so toxic. Mm-hmm. Um, but we will still kind of, we can still bounce back and forth. The soulmate though too, it's, it's we don't, we might not ever stop loving our soulmate. Um, it might not, that's why sometimes that can be a really difficult connection because that's the relationship that we usually end when there's nothing that's actually wrong. 
like it's really easy to end that karmic relationship that you were definitely in because you saw the text, oh, I'm not pregnant. Well, that's definitely a great logical, you know, end all, that's a great reason to leave a relationship. But when it's something that is more unseen, when it's just a feeling, when it's realizing, unfortunately, that as much as you love this person, you don't think that you're on the same path as of now to grow together, or you don't have that same vision or the same values or the same beliefs or whatever it may be. That's usually what goes around with the soulmate. Um, you know, I had someone that I was involved with at one point, and it wasn't until kind of years after. Um, and he said to me, um, his exact, I forget the exact wording, but it was something like he apologized to me for not being as adventurous as I was. And it was a really interesting statement because one, I mean, I, I guess I could, but I never considered myself or labeled myself adventurous, although I could see, you know, why he would say that. But in that moment, when he said that I was, it was like the light going on and it was like, oh, like this was that unseen thing that I could never label all those years, hmm. but that was there. And so it's, whether it's the growth piece, whether it's, you know, that sense of adventure, whatever it is, when it's with our soulmate, it gets to be really hard. But when we, when we do reach that space of even you saying, okay, you know, I know that we're not in the space to grow together. If enough time passes, it doesn't mean that you both have to not be in each other's lives. Like we, a lot of times our karmic can be really toxic to continue, mm -hmm. but if we're going to be friends with an ex, most times it is our soulmate. Um, it doesn't happen right away. It doesn't happen all the time. But if we do remain friends or have that check-in, a lot of times it is with the soulmate. The only thing that we just have to be wary of is has enough time passed for us not to think that all of a sudden this person is going to be different. And why we're doing it too, the reasons why we're, because sometimes you'll want to check in, <laughs> but honestly, it's just for the attention rather than just seeing and that gets confusing because you're like well I do want to know how they are but I also want to see like their name pop up on my phone or something <laughs> you know yeah exactly whole other question is like why do you get to a point where that name you just like see that on your phone we all know that feeling where there's like a guy you're talking to or something and then that name just like pops up on the phone and there, it's almost like the jolt of whatever like the boost of whatever that word is, the serotonin, when you're- yeah, Serotonin and it's adrenaline too. We yeah. got like the butterflies. Yeah. And that's, that's just like, that's that emotional programming that we have. It's, it's a you habit. know, it, it becomes a habit. And it's like, you know, Pavlov's theory with like the dogs and the dog treats. Like we see that name on our screen and we're like, oh, we're going to have a conversation. Oh, we're getting attention. Yay. And, and yeah. so it like lights up that part of our brain, which is why those toxic relationships can be so much more addicting because the communication tends to be more sporadic. Mm. Um, it can tend to feel more like we're having to beg to have our screen lit up. Mm. Um, and so whenever there's that situation where it feels like we have to work for something more, mm -hmm. a lot of times that tends to become more valuable to us on this journey. Not that that is the relationship we should aspire to because it's, it's really not healthy. But, you know, psychologically, as we move through these stages of relationships, that's why that type of relationship becomes most important because the lessons that we end up walking away from our karmic relationship with, like you said, are so important to knowing our worth and having better boundaries on ourselves and 
recognizing and being aware because most of us who have been through that really awful karmic relationship and I totally get it. I would get like two dozen roses, you know, delivered to me and then, you know, the day after we'd have another blowout. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) So I totally get it. But when, when we're on that, the really great thing that I always tell people is once you've had that relationship and you can talk about it like you are, and you know, like we are in this moment, we basically free ourselves from having it again. When we don't talk about it, when we're not looking for the lessons, when we're not looking for the answers, that's when we end up being that's when you keep doing it. Yeah, because you don't know yep. what happens. And that's another cool thing with my friend that just got out of the relationship too, is I'm giving her permission to go through this healing. And mm-hmm. because the instant response is, oh, get over him, blah, 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 blah. But honestly, I remember telling myself after that second breakup that I, I'm just going to enjoy like the healing process. I'm going to enjoy it. And I remember like the second day, I just really needed to cry on my way home from work. I was working downtown and I was on my way back from the train station and I turned on Taylor Swift and I was like bawling and Mm -hmm. I took a picture of myself and I still have it. I sent it to my friend and I was bawling but I was glowing. My eyes were smiling. I was glowing because I was so grateful and so happy just to be feeling these emotions. And it's a beautiful thing to go through those emotions, no matter what it is, like happy emotions, sad emotions, after a breakup, after like whatever, just like going through the emotions is so awesome because that's like the gift we have being human here on life. No, and we absolutely have to go through them because, you know, what I end up finding from talking with people is the worst moments that we end up experiencing or the really, really challenging ones or where, you know, now, now we feel like we have walls up is when we're not feeling our experiences, when we're not feeling our emotions. And so when we're in these situations, that's what ends up happening, you know, because we're not feeling them. So at all, by all means, no matter what we're doing, we have to feel our emotions because they don't disappear. They just get buried. And then, and usually when we least want them to, that's when they come to the surface. Mm, yeah. Well, I mean, they're going to come up eventually. It's just like- Exactly. You can't really, because our, our emotions are us. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> that's my little one. Hi. <laughs> Say hi, Abigail. Okay. <laughs> so, because no matter what, our emotions are us. So, and there's actually no escaping ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. Your head popping. Okay. So I want to ask a question too about, um, about, all right. It was just in my head. Um, oh, about that ending, because you do mention too that, you know, like you get into a relationship and you think about, okay, this is either going to end or it's going to go through marriage or like end well or end bad. Like there's only two ways it's going to end. And so might as well just be where you are and just be there and go through it. <laughs> are you trying to restrain? <laughs> no, she's good. She's out now. She's asking me something. I'm totally uh, listening. No, I know how that is. Um, so anyway, it's not thinking about that ending though, because I feel like that's where a lot of us catch ourselves is we're thinking, like, oh, they're not doing this. So that means this, like rather than just being where it is, but more so accepting the person for who they are. Um, that's something that I think I learned a lot from that second relationship is, wow. Okay. 
I can just love this person for who they are. And I actually took that in your book. I, I wish I took notes on it, but (laughs) I was just texting my friend or taking, I don't know where I wrote it, but, um, you said something like you get to that point where you just love that person for who they are and nothing like you don't need it's not something they're giving to you, you just literally enjoy their company their presence and that's well crazy. and that's that's a big part of the relationship and, and that's actually something that's been coming up with a lot of people that I've been um, speaking with is just that idea of realizing why are we choosing to love somebody mm-hmm. and it's that balance between staying in an unhealthy relationship because we don't want to say we should love somebody just for loving somebody, like say for your karmic relationship, because that wouldn't be healthy. But then it's also choosing, okay, why I'm going to choose to love this person because they will never be perfect. None of us will. Mm -hmm. But as much as there might be, you know, those flaws of imperfection, or maybe they're having to get another job or, you know, they're working through their own healing and being triggered as much as they're going through their stuff, the reason why we would stay and just love them for who they are outweighs us not. And I think that's really apparent too, when you do want to stay, like when you do enjoy that person, it's like, you know, you want to stay in that. But I think sometimes what can get confusing is, well, it's really you. It's really you. When you're feeling anxious over something they're not giving you, it's something else within you that needs the healing. So when- Exactly. Through that, then you don't. Um, that's another thing I really love that you talked about was not needing, um, not needing what's the word like affirmation, not needing the not, validation, the validation, usually, yeah, validation. Yeah. And um, I'm pretty sure because that's, that's what that that's what that text messaging provides. Like even getting that, you know, good morning, beautiful like okay well that's the validation that this person's thinking about me they love me and they think I'm physically attractive Mm -hmm. and so it's looking at all of that but when we make ourselves feel good and when we can get to that secure attachment within ourselves and no longer have it based on somebody else you know and that's when we get to choose too because we can choose to love somebody but we can't always choose to love somebody and be with them especially even say like the soul your soulmate in particular at this point you can't grow with him in that way that, that you need to. So you can love him, but it doesn't mean that you have to be with him. Mm-hmm. And so that's something that we also learn on this path is that we can choose to love somebody, but realize that our time together on our path is over. Mm-hmm. Um, we can choose to love somebody while they go through really difficult and trying times, knowing that this is where our soul is meant to be. But either decision comes from whatever we're able to heal within ourselves and the, our own work that we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, it truly ends up, you know, it, it is such a great way because as difficult as a lens as it sometimes is, and, and nobody really wants to look at it, if everybody looked at their relationship that they're in right now or their situationship or their hookup ship, whatever it is, that situation that they're in is exactly how they feel about themselves. Mm-hmm. How much self-love are they giving themselves? How much receiving energy do they have? How much worthiness do they feel that they're deserving? And we all don't want to see it, but literally what we participate in romantically and sexually is exactly how we end up feeling about ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So how do you help people with finding compassion for that too? Because a lot of that stuff is like icky and heavy feeling. And then when you see it, you're like, why am I doing this? Why am I not there? Or even when you're like, why do I not love myself enough to not want validation? 
but how do you find compassion for where you are? Like, what do you, what do you talk Cause about? Because it's, cause it's about, it's about celebrating, oh my God, this is what you realize. Like it's, it's amazing. Like, yes, it's icky and yucky to be like, wow, I stayed in this relationship for, you know, however many years, never really getting the love that I needed because I didn't give it to myself. Like that can be a horrible feeling, but it is on our perspective. So whenever I'm talking with clients, I'm like, how amazing is it that you realize this now? How wonderful that now you have the option to grow. And that you were given this experience in life because no relationship mostly is all bad. Like even your karmic, there was, it sounds like there was a lot of like love bombing and like really yummy feelings in the beginning. And there was good. There was those happy moments. So no relationship is usually all bad, which is sometimes part of the problem. Mm-hmm. But when I'm talking with people, it's just that realization, okay, this is where we are. Let's celebrate the fact that you're having this moment of awareness or, you know, enlightenment, the light turned on now. Now let's make a plan for what comes next and be secure in that knowledge that you don't have to repeat your past mm. because we, and, and we all go through it. And I think that's one of that, those other pieces about finding that compassion is that you're not the only woman to be in a situation with a guy who got that text message. You know, I'm not the only woman who, you know, got divorced because I, you know, wanted that pretty picture of my life. You know, we all go through these things together. And I think that's what that bigger message of the book is, is not only do each of our loves have a purpose and a connection for us, but that we're all connected. And so when I'm talking with women and I'll frequently kind of bring up stories whether it's Australia, whether it's Europe, whether it's South American, I'm, I'm talking with people and we're all having that same experience. We're all having that awareness of how to love ourselves more deeply in this life, how to make choices that align more closely to our truth so that we can actually participate and have that relationship that we say we want. Because the most difficult thing that any of us can actually do in this life is have that amazing, healthy relationship that we're worthy of. That is the most difficult thing. It is hard because we have to believe that we're worthy enough for it. Yep. And we have to do the work and we have to have, like there's, there's sometimes even where, you know, I'm talking and it's like, I'm having a day and part of me doesn't want to say that I'm having a day. I don't want to say that I'm triggered, but it's like, I have to say that I'm triggered. I have to say why, because it's part of my ownership and my authenticity and my communication. And so it's not easy to do that. It's a lot easier to keep our feelings to ourselves, to not talk about our process, to take the easy hookups when we can. Part of it is because we think we're going to be judged from our feelings, um, feeling like- Which then comes back to ourselves. Are we judging ourselves? So what do you think about then, you know, if you feel like you are being too needy or if you feel like- what is neediness defined as? That's the thing too. That's what, whenever someone says, I think I'm being too, well, what do you define it as? Because everybody defines it differently. So if you were to define neediness for you, what would that mean? Um, for me, I think it would just be wanting to sh- be shown that I'm loved, wanting to be appreciated um, and not getting that, not getting that feeling of, that. So if you're not getting that from somebody, why are you asking for it from them? Well, I guess because I'm not feeling it. So if I'm not feeling it. If they're not freely giving it, then why are we asking for it? Then it comes back to now we're in this cycle and we chose this yeah. as a reflection of the love that we're likely not giving to ourselves. Mm-hmm. 
And so if somebody, if somebody is not loving us how we need to be loved, we can have a one-time conversation, but then anything after that is a cycle that we're participating in because of either a block to receiving what it is we say we want because we're scared Mm -hmm. or because we haven't fully loved and accepted all of ourselves Mm -hmm. because it's never, no matter who we are and what love it is, it's never somebody else's job to make us feel loved. Yeah. And knowing that you can give it to yourself and then you might wake up and be like, oh, this isn't even the relationship that I want to be in. And that was the mirror mm-hmm. moment from that relationship to give yeah. that. It was a gift. Exactly. And then sometimes what we also, what I've also seen, and this is sometimes why it's great sometimes to have that boundary with exes, but I've also too many times talked with people who spent eight years of their life loving this person that their ego wouldn't let them talk to again. So it has to be this balance because then there's this other piece where it's like, wow, once I actually loved myself, I realized that that other person, it really wasn't their issue. And I was making it their issue because I hadn't done that work yet. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes in those situations, when we realize that, it's always better to reach out and to have those conversations with people than to spend, you know, eight years of your life being miserable because your ego won't let you contact the yeah. dreaded ex. And so that's another thing with the second person I don't regret. I don't, like, I don't regret anything I've ever done or anyone I've been involved with because it has shown me and taught me things. But I do appreciate how we, because it's almost like it was two relationships, three relationships in one because we mm-hmm. were shifting each time we saw each other and it was like we were able to get these things out like the last time we saw each other we both had this just very mature conversation that was like you know love you but don't want to marry you and we both know that and we're both okay (laughs) with that and I don't know I loved that like the last time I saw him was probably the most fun and the most self like myself I felt with him and I didn't feel like that in the relationship, but that was almost like, oh, wow. Okay. I grew and I shifted and still growing and I'm shifting. And like I said, I forgot if we were recording at this point, but I'm good where I'm at right now. Don't, you know, if anyone comes along, yeah, that's fine. But honestly, I'm good solo. Like even that dog I was fostering, I'm good without a dog. Like I just want to be alone. I just want to be alone and that's not bad and that might change in five years or it's one year but I think it's being where you are is very important and well and also how you're feeling like you're feeling very much kind of into yourself and into your own journey and focusing on that right now Mm -hmm. and so to try to bring somebody in simply maybe because you felt like you should or you're supposed to want a relationship isn't necessarily going to benefit you either because we all go through phases, but that big part, again, going back to listening to our own voice, you know, if we feel like we're meant to be in a connection, if we feel like it is time for us to be in a partnership, then we can make the steps to put ourselves out there. But if it feels like kind of where you're at, then it usually means that you have a period of growth to do, or you have something that you are meant to do on your own. And that's not to say like you're using even years that could change next week. That could change next month. We never know, you know, when we're going to meet somebody that is meant to be a part of our lives. But in this moment, which is kind of the phrasing I always use, this is where you are at. And we need to accept where we're at in any given moment because that helps us bring greater peace to ourselves and whatever situation comes next. Mm, yeah. And being open to knowing that it's going to shift, it's going to change and there's no mm-hmm. right or wrong and just literally enjoy whatever you have right now. 
exactly you can do. I love it. Okay. So before we wrap up, I want to ask what was the most, um, well, two things I want to ask. So one, (laughs) what, what was your, what's the most impactful part of this book for you? Like the biggest lesson, if you can just summarize it with anyone, what would you share? And then number two, I'm sure I'll have to remind you of this number two question, but number two, how did you see yourself shift after writing the book? So the first question, kind of like that big piece to walk away from is that no relationship that's actually meant for you is going to have you sacrificing yourself for a decade waiting on somebody to come that's not coming. That's the biggest thing because a lot of times I hear from women who will literally put themselves on hold and not put themselves out there for life and not take chances and not do things all because they have this idea that this person is this. And so they're waiting on that or they put up with behavior that they know doesn't align with who they are. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of that biggest message is if a relationship is meant for you, it will rise up to meet you. You will never have to lower yourself, lower your vibration, lower your standards. If someone's meant to be in your life, they will rise up to meet you. (laughs) And this is why I wish I had the written copy in front of me right now, because there was a part in the beginning that I was like, I just gasped because it totally like resonated with me. You said something like, you're never, they're going to see you for the goddess that you are. You're not Mm -hmm. going to have to lower or diminish. Like, nope, you aren't going to have to feel like you aren't getting that love because you are going to be seen. And I totally trust that. And I totally know that. And um, I think that comes with having to trust yourself and trust that, yeah, if you aren't getting it, then that's not the right click. And it doesn't mean like you're better than that person. It just means that you're not on the same same wavelength in the same space. Exactly. But to, but to be able to walk around with that piece of knowledge, I think is extremely beneficial for men and women alike, because the longer we stay in a relationship that we know deep down, if we wanted to pay attention, doesn't really align with our truth, mm-hmm. then we're actually telling ourselves not to trust ourselves. And so that's what we're teaching us. And so it's literally in those small moments of staying in those situations where we get so far off track, we don't know what we want to do with our lives anymore, all because we chose to stay in a situation that really we knew we shouldn't have stayed in to begin with. Yeah. It's like a momentum. Every time you choose those mm-hmm. small little decisions, it's building something else and building how you feel about yourself and the trust you have in yourself. You know, and for, and I did remember your second question, actually. Um, just gonna so say. <laughs> I, have, I, have, I have a pretty good memory. So, um, but even with the, so with the book, um, the whole process of writing it is, you know, you, you write it, you get it in by your deadline, and then you end up having like multiple dates of revisions, multiple dates of going back over it and looking at it. Um, and so there was, there was a point at which, and it was, it was a lot of with this like twin flame dynamic and there's one review and it, it's really funny. And I, I really wish I could talk with the person. So if for some reason they hear this, please have them contact me. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a review on Amazon that says, there's no way she could have understood the twin flame relationship based on what I wrote. And I want to talk to that person so bad because I feel like when we are in that situation and for those people, you know, where it's not just the divine third love, but like you're actually going through this relationship that you don't understand and you sometimes walk away from and you go back to a lot of times we become so afraid to lose a connection that we end up sacrificing our own self. And that's really true in, in especially that, that third love or 
you know, even sometimes during the course of the whole relationship history is that we become really afraid of losing something. Mm -hmm. And so there was definitely moments where I was writing the book and I was able to get greater healing on my own soulmate relationship and my, my marriage that, you know, I, I divorced my husband. Um, someone, one of the women who were on one of my retreats messaged me while she was reading it. And she's like, am I supposed to be crying while I'm reading it? And I was like, yeah, because there was literally sections of the book where I was writing and I was bawling and crying while I was writing it because I could feel what that felt like to have to end something while you still love somebody. Mm -hmm. um, I could feel what it felt like to be betrayed by the one person you never thought you would be betrayed by. I was right there. So going through this book, you know, the biggest piece, one is just to recognize that a healthy love eventually will be healthy with you. Nothing's going to ask you to continue to be unhealthy if it's meant for you. Mm -hmm. And that other piece that no matter what happens, no matter who we are or what we go through, ultimately we do have that choice to love somebody as they are. Mm. And I think that is a really beautiful piece to get to. Um, and the level of acceptance and growth that we have to go through on our own to be able to love another just as they are mm. and be able to extend that love without asking for anything in return, mm -hmm. which goes against a lot of what we're told love should be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's exactly the piece that I was like, that gave me chills. And it gave me chills again when you said it. it's, it's not asking for anything in return and just doing it because, and we all want to be there. And we all like, you know, in some mm -hmm. ways are there where obviously exactly. we're not going to be with someone because we hate their company. Like we enjoy their company. We enjoy their presence, but truly a hundred thousand percent, just like seeing them for them and loving it, like fully feeling it mm -hmm. in your body, loving it. And not expecting anything back. Um, that's a beautiful place. And I can feel that. Like I can feel it that is. feeling and it's such a good feeling. And well, and the um, thing that's really awesome cool. too is that when we're in these like soul connections with these people and you know, we're in these dynamics, when we get to those places of just being like, I love, I love you regardless of whether you love me or not. I love you regardless of whether you're doing something for me or not. Yeah. Even if we don't say that, the other person energetically can feel it. And it opens up an entirely different dynamic of relationship when two people say are sanely, madly in love with each other, mm -hmm. but neither one of them are really asking for something from the other person. It, it's, it's a love that can't help but be. You're right. And because so when you, when that level of security is so different. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When someone's having that like anxiety or anxiousness or whatever feeling, that other person can feel it. And then that's not attractive and that's not. So then you start blaming yourself and you're like, well, why am I not being, I'm scaring everyone off. But I mean, it's not going to happen until that piece of you is healed. So it's not. There's and it's okay. You know, it's, and we have to go through the process. Like in, um, I'm actually doing like my first like solo, like little ID live, I think next week about oh. that attachment and love yeah. and the same thing because how we are, you know, in that anxious attachment. And I was like, number one anxious attachment girl. Like if you didn't text me by a certain time or you didn't do this, oh my God, I thought you hated me. You didn't love me anymore. I was never going to talk to you again. Mm -hmm. And so many women go through this. And while it can, you know, I've seen both genders, predominantly the woman with the anxious attachment will get into the relationship with the man with avoidant attachment. And so they both can just trigger the heck out of each other and hopefully grow. <laughs> Not always, but hopefully grow. Yeah. 
but there is another side. And hmm. even like this came up as such a thing that I didn't even have this whole idea of like attachment style and love mm-hmm. um, on my last retreat agenda. But after talking with the women for two days, I was like, all right, well, we're totally going to like change one of the workshops and we're going to do one on attachment mm. because it's really helpful to know and to have this idea of how we do relate to other people. Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of times what we say we want is not really what we're sending out there. It's not really what we're saying we're ready for, mm-hmm. which is okay. Mm-hmm. None of us are there immediately. None of us are there overnight. And it's also a fluid concept. So for instance, someone could be feeling really secure, but if you're having a bad day or if you're triggered or, you know, if it's raining outside and you're not able to go outside, I mean, then you might end up having a bad day. So it's important to be able to understand that having one day where you're feeling like you could use more love from someone that you love doesn't necessarily make you needy either. That makes you human and that's okay. It's okay to be human and needs love. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And then at that point you'll be with someone too, who will understand that. And Mm -hmm. like, it's, it's really truly about that energy. Like one, it's like pushing two magnets together. Like you're either going to feel the push or it's going to be an even amount of energy and you're going to understand each other. And the biggest thing is I think growing together, growing with each other and knowing that you're not going to be like, we're not like putting those limits of, Oh, I'm not perfect. Why do I not know this? Why do I not know that? But Mm -hmm. allowing yourselves to grow together. Um, I love that. Well, thank you so much. Uh, It was so great to be able, and I love that we did the video to see like a face with the voice was so wonderful. Oh, I know. Well, I was going to tell you a tale because I mean, obviously I don't look beautiful right now. Um, I never post the video, but I need, I need <laughs> my little one coming on. With I know, I know. So we'll all hear that. <laughs> I, um, I like to just have the face to face because it's nice just to connect, especially right now. It's really nice. Oh, I know. Especially right now. <laughs> it's wonderful. It was yeah. so great talking with so, you. Yes. Thank you so much. And so I always ask my guests one last question. Um, since it's soul speak, the podcast, I always ask, if someone were to ask you how they can hear their soul speak, what would you tell them? Mm, they have to stop telling themselves that they're wrong. Mm, I love that. Oh, such a good <laughs> answer. Thank you. So mm-hmm. much. Okay. I love that. All right. Where can everyone find you too, by the way? I am on Instagram and on the website and Facebook everywhere. Words of Kate Rose. Okay. And you do coaching calls and everything. What type of coaching? I do coaching calls. And hopefully once we can start moving around this beautiful world again, I love doing retreats. I'm looking at Peru, Bali, and and likely France for next year. Oh, beautiful. Awesome. And then what style? You do a couple different type of coaching calls too. What kind of people? Yeah, I do. Um, I, I'll do astrology calls um, for people like do, wanting to do readings. One thing that's really interesting is looking at the Saturn lesson and the North Node fate for you and your couple or like the person that you're even interested in because you can kind of, it's like a cheat sheet for love. You can kind of like look at and see, oh, like I wonder if we're going to trigger each other or if there's like that similarity there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also do one-time coaching calls. Sometimes people just have a question about their relationship or they're having a hard time with a breakup. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also do monthly where I talk with someone the same time every week, which is really wonderful because the relationship in that setting, you know, it's like going to talk to a best friend slash therapist once a week. You, you develop a really amazing relationship. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Well, thank you so much for everything that you do and all of your words because they are amazing. And I know they're reaching the people that need to hear them. 
Uh, it was so wonderful to connect. I'm so glad that we did. So thank you I so much. Know, I know. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> and please, when this ends, email me your address so I can actually send you the copy of the book too. Okay. Sounds good. Well, you know what? I'm just going to, we're going to end it now, technically. I'm just going to okay. end it. Like, like <laughs> okay, it's ended. <laughs> yeah, it's going to.